Good morning. Adulting, to carry out one or more of the duties and responsibilities expected of fully developed individuals. Paying off credit card debt, settling a beef without blasting it on social media, <clears throat> etc. Uh, exclusively used by those who adult less than 50% of the time. Now that's off of Urban Dictionary. It's very interesting. I don't often go there, but uh, I, and I do think that using a noun as a verb is somewhat irritating, but it fit this morning, so we're doing it. Uh, let's, uh, let's just pray quick. Uh, Lord, I pray that you would open our eyes this morning, open my eyes um, to your word. I pray that nothing leaves my mouth this morning that, uh, that takes away or adds from what your word tells us. Lord, may it settle in our hearts and transform us and in turn transform this church and our community. Lord, I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Our verses this morning are out of Ephesians 7 through 16. It's page 977 in your Bible. It will not be on the wall this morning. I'm going to make you work for it a little bit. Um, so open your Bible or your Bible app. I'll give you a second. It's, again, Ephesians 4, 7 through 16, or page 977 in your Bible. And I'll read it. But grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore, it says, when he ascended on high, he led a host of captives and he gave gifts to men. In saying he ascended, what does it mean but that he had also descended into the lower regions of the earth? He who descended is the one who also ascended far above all the heavens that he might fill all things. And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry for building up the body of Christ until we all attain to the unity of faith and the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children tossed about to and fro, or tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body, joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. That's our verses this morning, and, and uh, we're continuing on in Ephesians, and these are rich, full verses. I preached on this, on this section of verses in 2019, and this is a different, this is a different sermon than it was then, a uh, completely different direction. Sorry, dead fly. I'm dead now. Um, so I wanted to start with 7 through 10. Uh, but grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore, it says, when he ascended on high, he, gave, he led a host of captives and he gave gifts to men. Um, I want to just touch on a couple of things. Grace is given according to the measure of Christ's gift. Now, I want to think about that for just a second. Um, Christ gave gifts to men according to his gift, the measure of his gift. So it's not given to us according to our abilities, our stature, our titles, our bank accounts, none of that. It's given according to the measure of Christ's gift. So as followers of gifts, we're all, the, as followers of Christ, we're all on the same playing field. Um, we're all different, uh, but we each have the same generous Lord. And then in verse 9, it says, In saying he ascended, what does it mean but that he had also descended into the lower regions of the earth? 
He who descended is the one who also ascended far above the heavens that he brings. Now this, reading this is, you know, Paul's got the run-on sentence thing going and he's got a lot of stuff going, but uh, in, in a basic sense, these, these verses are talking about Christ coming down to earth from heaven, his death on the cross, his resurre- resurrection and ascension back into heaven. He is above all things. He's over all things. This section is basically just confirming, Paul is confirming Christ's authority over everything. James Boyce um, is a com- has a Bible commentary, which I used for quite a bit of this. Uh, he said, it paints a picture of Christ's rule, his authority and power in the Christian church. So Christ is over all things. So having established Christ's authority over all things and his ability to give, uh, generously give gifts to his children, now we kind of move on to a partial list of gifts and structure and function in the church. So um, we're going to spend more time on the next section than we do in that first one. Before we get there, I'd like to stop and muddy up the waters just a little bit because we're going to be talking about gifts. Um, there are multiple groups of people out there, sitting, even sitting in this church, who have a different understanding or different beliefs in what gifts are, how they're used, uh, just different, different views. Uh, there are those that believe some of the spiritual gifts or all of them no longer exist today. They were there in the early church. The purpose for them is gone now, and, and the gifts don't exist, or some of them don't. There are other folks that believe all of this in their form as they were when Christ gave them, and there's any matter, any manner of middle ground there. Um, so it can be endlessly debated, and in the end, I think we're going to end up in the same place we started Uh, It can be very divisive, pitting believer against believer, and I don't want to go there today. I think it's 100% opposite of what Paul is telling us in Ephesians and the other books about unity. Uh, I think these are secondary doctrines or secondary issues, not not core doctrines, so I don't want to get hung up on these arguments. Um, I think we see it really in everyday life. we got politics, right, endlessly debating who to vote for and who's going to make the most change, Uh, covid Endlessly debating everything from conspiracy theory data, health and wellness, this one's my favorite, judging how others take care of themselves or don't take care of themselves, uh, both parties rattle each other's cages. Um, have you ever made fun of somebody who eats gluten-free? I may have done that. Um, but on the other hand, have you ever made fun of anybody who eats cocoa dino bites for breakfast uh, every morning for years? Also me. I eat the cocoa dino bites. Um, but I could go on, but I won't. Um, but I want to get back to the, the whether gifts exist or not. And I struggle with this a little bit. I'm taking some time on this because I, wanna, I, wanna, I want us to be all on the same page. Uh, I, I don't want to be overly simplistic about arguments. On the other hand, I want to give a lot of information and, and do, do the best I can here. So, but I think man tends to make things more complicated than they need to be. Uh, I think it's just part of our nature. Um, I think, but that also can put stumbling blocks in the way of new believers when they're trying to understand gifts or, or, or biblical topics. So if you're a theology geek, more power to you. Um, but if you believe you have a better understanding of faith and Christ's love than one of the four-year-olds over in the room right now being taught, uh, I want to caution you, because you may not. Uh, we get lost in the details and forget that God's plan has been and always will be carried out by the humble and the meek, by the broken, by the weary, the intelligent, and by the blockheads. Uh, we don't have the exact same thoughts on these secondary things, and that's okay. We're not programmed robots. We can believe different things and, and, and get to the same goal. So if you want to hit me after the service, I'd be happy not to discuss it with you then as well. 
back to our scripture. Uh, let's read 11 through 14, a gigantic run-on sentence, as Doug said last week, Paul enjoys these. And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the shepherds and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ until we all attain to the unity of faith and the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to, uh, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children tossed by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. I want to break this down into three parts. I got, we have kind of a list of gifts, and it's a very partial list, uh, what those gifts produce, and then the benefits of those gifts. Like I mentioned, this is not an exhaustive list of gifts. Um, these are the scriptures, if you want to write these down, where most of the gifts are listed. Uh, there's somewhere between 19 and 25 spiritual gifts, depending on who you listen to. Uh, it's difficult to nail that down because in the original language, they use different words to maybe describe some of the same gifts, or there's just some discrepancies there. But, but either way, this is where most of them are listed. I encourage you to look it up. In this section of our verses today, he lists apostles, prophets, evangelists, shepherds, and teachers. And we'll start with apostles and prophets. So again, um, th this is th these two specifically are some that are in that tension zone about who believes what about them. But uh, some people believe that, that it was specifically talking about people like the apostle Paul and, uh, and prophets like Elijah. In the commentary I worked out of, he would say these two don't exist anymore, um, Others would say that Paul is speaking of general spiritual offices or positions. Um, others say they're fully in existence. So if you're up for a challenge, I'd say study that. Uh, then we move on to evangelists. So these three are pretty self-explanatory, right? Uh, all of us have heard of evangelists like Billy Graham. These are people with great communication skills, a passion for sharing Christ with everyone they meet, Billy Graham packed huge stadiums full of thousands of people. I'd say tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of people are followers of Christ because of Billy Graham's gift of evangelism, right? Uh, it was clear he had that God-given gift, and it was given to him for the purpose of building the kingdom. The next one is shepherds. In the context of NCF, all the shepherds share that gift. There are other people who have the gift of shepherding in this congregation. They just may not be in the, in the elder but it's something we look for in each elder candidate. And, and so I was, as I was researching shepherd and looking around, I thought, well, okay, let's just go back to literal. What does shepherd mean? And I got a, I got a quick video. It's only 30 seconds. Um, if we see a shepherd uh, getting a sheep out of a muddy ditch, um, it's, the, you know, it's... <laughs> And this, this one is my favorite. You see this young boy, he's probably a shepherd, supposed to be watching the sheep for dad, pulling a sheep out of a trench. And, and the sheep is glad to be out. And then, <laughs> and then plants him in a ditch. So shepherds uh, in the church setting are caring. They're protectors. They're compassionate. They guide. They move their flock towards better pastures. It's someone who watches out for you and your spiritual well-being. The next one is teachers. Really simple, don't read too much into this. Um, we've all sat under the teaching of someone who's a really gifted teacher, haven't we? Uh, my guess is all of us have had a teacher also on the flip side of that coin who uh, it was difficult to, to, it was a difficult experience. Some of you may be struggling with that right now. Um, Paula has told me in the past that aside from her dad, 
she has spiritually grown more under the teaching of Don Flutter than from anyone else. Uh, many of you uh, ladies in here who sat under the teaching of Suzanne, she didn't know I was going to say this, but Suzanne, I've heard, I haven't, I haven't been in her classes, but I've heard from multiple people, Suzanne is a very talented, gifted teacher. We have a lot of good teachers in this church, um, both men and women. Some enjoy teaching children. Some enjoy teaching adults. Uh, they're using their gifts. We have a whole church full of folks out there right now in the Sunday school room teaching young kids. Excuse me. Uh, but they're using their gifts right now. So what do these gifts produce? Um, <clears throat> they equip for ministry. They build up the body. They lead to spiritual maturity. And they, and they lead to discernment. Okay, now this, this is a, we're, we're getting to some critical points here. Uh, we're going to read verses 12 through 14. And I, as I was reading this, I thought this would really go good if it was like from the viewpoint of a whiny six-year-old. So think of it like that. Let's start at verse 12. To equip the saints for the work of ministry for the building up of Christ. Well, that seems really hard. How long do I have to do it? Until we all attain the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. It really seems like a lot of effort. Uh, Why do I need to do this? So that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by deceitful schemes. Let me ask a few questions. Do you want to attend a biblically solid church? These are rhetorical. You don't need to answer out loud. Do you want to be a part of a church that stays true to God's word? Solid as a rock when the world around is spinning out of control. Do you want to be a part of a church that that doesn't fall for conspiracy theories or or some new belief that really sounds good on the surface, but when you dig deep, it doesn't stand up to scrutiny? If you want those things, then use your gift that God's given you to build up the body of Christ. Brian, a couple weeks ago, Brian Hepp was preaching. He talked about uh, how we grow in Christ, but our nature is to age in Christ. We're supposed to be growing, not aging in Christ. We, our default is coasting, um, not, not working. That's our default. But it goes against what Scripture tells us. See, we all have gifts that complement each other's gifts, and we're to use them for the building up of the body, of this body. No matter your age, old or young, there's no retirement out of this. There's no, I put in my time, or there's no, well, I'm too busy right now. We are to use our gifts for the building up of the body. So let's move on to verses 15 and 16. Um, Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every whim who is the head into Christ from whom the whole body, joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. So um, I often hear this, speaking the truth in love, and most of the time when I hear it, it's used when we have to say something difficult to somebody. Right? We just won't want to hit them you know, with a hammer over the head and, and rudely say something. But uh, as I studied this more, the English language doesn't do a great job of capturing what's really being said here. In the original language, it would say something more like speaking and living the truth in a loving manner. Speaking or living the truth in a loving manner. Uh, for a little, let's go back to the word, to, to 1 Corinthians 13.1. In your pew Bible, it's 9.59. So 1 Corinthians 13.1, page 9.59. If I speak 
in the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains, but I have not love, I am nothing. If I give away all I have and deliver up my body to be burned, but have not love, I gain nothing. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant nor rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, and endures all things. And then skipping down to 13. So now faith, hope, and love abide, these three. But the greatest of these is love. I'm sorry, WCIC. It is not faith, hope, and family. It's faith, hope, and love. They literally left out the most important word, and it says it's the most important word. Faith, hope, and love, the greatest of these is love. Love is the most important ingredient. Uh, and if we love Jesus, we'll obey his commands. It says, in his commands, in John 14, 15, it says, and his commands are that if we love one another as Christ loved love one another as Christ loved the church. So remember, speaking and living the truth in a loving manner. Um, so uh, we're going to get into some application now. Um, Every, I want you to know that every believer sitting in this room has at least one spiritual gift. Okay, at least one. Many of you have more than one. Uh, so we have to identify our gift, and we have to use our gift. Um, and I want to I say something very important here, and if you only take one thing away from this message this morning, I want it to be this. That gifts are discovered, they are honed, and they are used in community. They are discovered used in community. Honed means finely sharpened, like a, like a super sharp knife. Uh, it means refined or perfected over time. So gifts are discovered, honed, and used in community. Um, and it's important to understand that because it, none of this can be done in isolation. None of it. If you and your gift are meant to be in community, and I know community is a word that people are probably getting tired of hearing at this point, uh, but you will not be able to exercise your gift unless there are other believers around you. Most likely you won't be able to find your gift unless you're in other believers. So hear me now, all introverts. If you're an introvert in this room, you can be an introvert, but you can't be an isolated introvert, okay? You can't be alone and use your, use your gifts effectively. In my life, Tim Klaus was part of that community. Um, Tim was an elder at the time, and he sat down with me and shared some observations and traits that he had seen in me and some of the elders had seen um, and that I didn't see very clearly. Uh, so, so Tim was part of that community to help me identify my gift that, that, uh, as, as shepherd. Or, I mean, not that I have honed that gift or perfected it, but, but that is a gift that, that, that I see as something in my life. Um, so another thing to remember is you can try on gifts, a little bit like you try on shoes, okay? If you're not sure if you have that a gift of teaching, let's say, try to teach. Sign up for a Sunday school class. Tim and, or, I mean, I'm sorry, Mike and Quint both stood up here and talked about, you know, a need for teachers. Give it a try. It's not a life sentence. It's not like when you sign on the dotted line, you're, you're teaching for eternity. Um, and you may find out it's one of your gifts, or you may find out it's not one of your gifts. Um, to be completely honest, me standing up here preaching a few times a year is an attempt to determine if, if I can hone the gift or if I have the gift of preaching and teaching. Um, I am not a good teacher in a classroom setting. 
Kids, I love you dearly. Many times, I'm not a gifted kid teacher. Um, so, but without Tim taking the time to talk to me, it would have been a much less to, to realize my gifting and, um, and use it. So without using your God-given gift to build up the body of Christ through the work of ministry, the body isn't healthy. This, if, you're not, if you're a Christian sitting here and you're not using your gift in this body or somewhere in, in, in the kingdom, uh, the people around you aren't as healthy as they could be and you're not as spiritually healthy as you could be. Um, so I'd like to compare it as Scripture does. I'd like to compare gifts to our own body. Uh, for those of you who are struggling with physical ailments, um, any kind, what happens when your shoulder, when you tear a muscle in your shoulder or, or a ligament? You know, we got a couple, maybe can't raise their elbow above their shoulder. Um, shoulder doesn't work. What happens when that cell that's supposed to multiply into other healthy cells turns cancerous? Uh, what happens when uh, the muscles around your spine weaken and you start lifting with your spine instead of, instead of the back muscles? Right? You, get, you get a compressed disc or a herniated disc. Uh, what, what happens when our kidneys quit working properly? Have you ever had a bad tooth? Uh, or arthritis? Many of you may struggle with arthritis. Or what happens when our heart can't pump blood like, or, our di- or our digestive system doesn't process food like it's supposed to? How do your uh, eyes work w- with glaucoma? Any of you have that? Or a loss of hearing. How does that affect our daily lives? When a part of our body isn't functioning as it should, our whole body doesn't function as it should. Right? It's not that we don't function, it's just that we're not functioning at a level that we could function. I have back problems occasionally, and i got to tell you, when my back is out, I don't think of much else other than my back. I can't put water softener salt in the, in the, in the softener, um, I can't pick something up off the floor without trying to figure out how I'm going to do that. I can back sometimes when my back is out. My mind is consumed with my back not working properly. Um, unless we're all using our gifts, we're not a fully functioning body of believers. So um, back to the application. Uh, what are some real steps I could take uh, when, when you leave these doors? Uh, discern For discernment, number one, pray that the Lord would reveal your gifts to you if you, if you, if you haven't already. Uh, read your Bible and look through that list of, of, of gifts found in the Scripture. Ask somebody close to you, back to the community thing, somebody that knows you well. If you're struggling to determine your gifts, ask them. This, is not, this isn't a pride thing. This is, this is important gift. And then the last but not least, I would say start serving others. Your gifts will reveal themselves, but only if you're involved, right? You can't start, start, uh, steer a parked car. You're not going anywhere. Uh, I have a handout for you. It's out in the foyer. There's, there's sprinkle around there. You'll find some at the Welcome Center, some on a couple tables. Um, it's called the Spiritual Gifts Inventory. We've handed this out before a long, long time ago. Uh, it's a little bit like a personality test. It's got some questions that asks you, and you check mark boxes, and you add them all up at the end. And it'll give you a little bit of direction, possibly, into where your, where your spiritual gifts may lie. It's not like a, this is it. You still have to exercise them and discern whether or not. But they're, they're free. They're out there. Grab one. If, you don't, if they run out, I'll make more next week, and we can pick them up. Uh, but spiritual adulting, 
That's the end goal, is being an adult in Christ and, and growing others around us to that same adulthood. I've tweaked the, the definition a little bit, which you apparently can do on, um, on Urban Dictionary. I didn't put it on there, but this is for here. Adulting is to discern and carry out one or more of the spiritual gifts and responsibilities expected of fully developed individuals within a body of believers, finding and using your spiritual gifts for the building up of the body of Christ. That, I believe, is God's will for every believer. I, I think if, if you do not know your spiritual gift and you're not looking for it and you're not using it, you're walking outside of, of God's will in that area for your life. And if God's will is too strong a word, you are absolutely walking outside the way he designed you to be and the way he designed you to work within the church. Um, let's just close with a prayer. Heavenly Father, I just pray that you would give um, discernment to those today who are seeking direction in their gifting. Lord, I pray that you would use each person here to build up your church, that each of us could be an encouragement to those around us. Lord, that we could all see that goal of a strong body of believers and what it means to make disciples for your church that comes out of that, Lord. I pray that as we leave here and we have lunch, I pray you bless this food to our bodies. Lord, bless our fellowship around the tables in the lunchroom. I pray that the relationships built or even deepened over that meal are pointed towards you. I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.